0: Greetings, film freaks! We are the Podcorn Kernels. Join us as we discuss the hard and often indigestible truths that are at the centre of the fluffy and delicious world of cinema.
1: What's popping, people? Welcome to the Podcorn Kernels podcast. My name is Adam, and joining me in the ear holes is
0: Harry. Say hello, Harry. Oi, why don't you just dress up as a cat and ignore me for an hour? On today's episode, we will be talking about Good Luck to You,
1: Leo Grant. This is a 2022 film directed by Sophie Hyde and stars Emma Thompson, Daryl McCormack, and Isabella Laughland. IMDb describes the synopsis as follows. Nancy Stokes, a retired school teacher, is yearning for some adventure and some sex. Nancy has a plan which involves hiring a young sex worker named Leo Grant. Here is an original song to support the synopsis.
0: Oh, she wants an old Before she gets too old Oh, she wants an
1: old If you're middle-aged and you want to get laid Wanna treat yourself to a little sex slave? Be bold, go ahead and be brave Misbehave, don't be afraid Oh,
0: she wants an O Before she gets too old
1: Oh, she wants an O Put your trust in me, I'm Leo Grant I can help you try to understand Master of the menopause, more than just your average man, empirically contraband. Oh, Oh, she wants an O,
0: before she gets to O, Oh, she wants an O. Let's
1: start with some facts about the film. The movie was filmed in order, so the leading actors would progress with their characters. Evident. Yeah.
0: Definitely. Imagine. It's better to build to emotion as well if you do it in chronological order. Oh, exactly that. Imagine the
1: first scene was a fuck scene. Mm. How awkward and intimidating that would be. Yeah, like a one night stand. Yeah, but in a room full of people. And I think it helps the story, the narrative of the film, that these are two people that don't know each other and their relationship grows and evolves each time they meet up. So it's a good, it was a good move from everyone involved to to have the story
0: filmed and shot linearly, right? Did you? Uh, yeah. I mean, did you know that it was going to be done over three or four meetings rather than one long shot? I thought it was a single setting. It was all going to be one filming within like an hour and a half in real life would have been an hour and a half in the film, like in 24. So like a, a singular encounter? Yeah. I didn't know it was going to do this skip forward a week or two, two, three weeks. Yeah.
1: I mean, I've got to be honest, I knew very little about this going into it. Mm -hmm. I think that's a a fault on my behalf because from how the film was advertised and and sold, it wasn't something that necessarily appealed to me. So I didn't know what to expect going into this. Mm. I knew it was about an older woman. Buying the services of a, of a sex worker to try and find some sort of sexual fulfillment. That's all I really knew. So it was all a, a surprise. And, mm. you know, early doors are a good one, I thought.
0: I think it really worked, that whole... If they filmed it in that order, they built up together. Mm. Because uh, you even see it in the in the last meeting, the fourth meeting, no, the third. Sorry, where you know they both shed tears for different reasons within the scene and stuff. But I think yeah, the build to it is perfect because they're they're living their their real character's journey and that interaction is brilliant.
1: It's a it's got a real organic sense of like relationship growth, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Because they they first meet up and listen. I'm terrible with meeting people for the first time. Mm-hmm. You throw into that mix that you're going to be having sex with this person. That would be really exactly. And I think the film does an incredible job of, of treading that, that unknown territory between this nervous woman mm-hmm. looking for sex and this confident young man who does this every day. It's just another day in the office for him. So that balance between the two of them, I thought, worked. And if, it didn't, if they didn't do it in the order, it could have been a real messy
0: film. Well, yeah, It would probably be devoid of the chemistry that they needed.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: Daryl McCormick
1: and Emma Thompson did not require an intimacy coordinator to orchestrate their sex scenes. Daryl McCormick stated, We just thought if we really focus on getting to know one another and being comfortable with one another, that we'll be able to do all the work ourselves. Describing what sounds like an intense method acting approach, McCormick continued... We would walk to set together, we would walk home together, we would eat together, run the lines for the next day together, go to sleep and then repeat. So for like a good four weeks, we were just living in each other's pockets and we became so close. We are very close now. And you get that sense, don't you? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, I mean, Emma Thompson's stone cold pro and I think her years of experience and his, um, his pep and zeal to become a, a new star that's mm. yeah, a great blend you're sort of seeing one not sort of leave the acting world but she's get, she's mature she's done so much you know she won her oscars years ago and he's coming up so the fact that they both applied that sort of a relationship offset shows i think yeah and you've got to have a lot of trust in your
1: counterpart to do a film this intimate mm. this this brave this sort of physically and emotionally engaging with one another you've got to be really comfortable with that that person
0: do you think it would be easier to grab a stranger's breasts what like so you know he cups her boobies in yeah. the last meeting like you see it you see yeah the, you see the breasts and he has she has to hold emma thompson's boobs yeah do you think it would have been easier if he didn't know her didn't get to know her outside of the workplace and just had to do it i or don't know kind of like a, 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 i suppose a realistic sex worker it's just like How much? 50. There you go. And he's fondling and stuff. Do you think him like going for tea with her and having a sandwich and it's like, later today I'm going
1: to have to grab her tits? Yeah, that's a tricky one. I mean... I mean, I've got to know her. She's married. She's got kids. Both options, Mm. as a naturally awkward individual, both of those options would terrify me. Mm. Meeting someone for the first time and copping a feel or getting to know someone really well talk about their outside life their family what makes them tick all of that and then going oh by the way I'm going to grab your breasts in a moment of fake passion I couldn't
0: do it I couldn't do it but that's real
1: you look at how the film is shot and it was shot linearly so each step was was like a real story so to speak the fact that they built up the relationship as well those running concurrently creates this really like organic believable story and Mm. I think if they decided to go any way that differed from the route they took I think it would have been less of a successful film
0: yeah it's very reliable and realistic in its time frame with how they develop you see brilliant shots in this film where one of them's not got the other one's attention and then you look at that person and they're thinking about themselves they're looking Mm. in the mirror like there's scenes where they catch themselves in the mirror they're looking at they could just be looking at a drink or out out the window and it's very human because if, if you are in a situation like that even if it's uh, a third date with someone, and you've had a bit to drink, and then you're you know you're about to do the business. Yeah, there's a moment where say, oh, I'll just go to the bathroom. And yeah, it, and it's like,
1: oh. yeah, <laughs> you're, you're sitting there. Does my breath smell? Does my <laughs> does my package look decent? Have I got gut because we just had pasta for dinner? There's all of those things. <laughs> I guess if you're like a, a professional like Leo Grant, I guess it gets easier, but there must still be an element of like. I don't know what waits for me behind this door. Like it could be a pleasant experience. It could be the most terrifying um, selling
0: situation. A, selling a product, isn't he? Or service, he yeah. calls it. Yeah. Yeah, I think holding that character up. I mean, he's, he's, an, he's acting within an act. Yeah. So that's kind of, that's kind of crazy if, if, when you think about that one as well. Like which yeah. one, I wonder which one he more associated himself with outside of the workspace of Emma Thompson. Was he Connor or Leo? Mm. And we're we're talking about how
1: difficult it must be for the two of them as actors. And like you say, Emma Thompson's done it all. She's a fantastic actor, a national treasure. I think she's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Imagine being the significantly younger guy that's tasked with like grabbing her and being passionate with her. Be mad. That would be so intimidating. So the fact those two facts sort of speak about how they sort of approached it methodically and organically. So, so it, it made everyone else feel more at ease. Mm. And you, you see that grow within the, the performances of the actors and the actual characters as well. They become more comfortable. Yeah. And you see Nancy, uh, Emma Thompson's um, character, on their third meeting, she seems like a weight's been lifted off her, sh- off her yeah, shoulders. Yeah, her clothes are less uptight as well. Yeah, she's starting to chill out. She's starting to enjoy the experience rather than f- sort of forcing this experience to try and get what she wants. Mm-hmm. And I think if this was handled with a different director a different two actors at the helm. I think it could have been a real, like, awkward, messy film. But everything, for me, in that sense, the film worked. I thought it was fantastic. The way it was handled, the way it was approached, perfect. I was
0: impressed with the direction. I've never seen anything of um, Sophie Hyde's, but I went back and looked at a couple of the films she's done, and the subject matters look really interesting. She did one called um, 52 Tuesdays, Mm. which looks really good. I mean, I, I think they're averaging, like, six... 6.5 6.5 on imdb and stuff yeah. but she's from adelaide australia and i thought the direction in this was really good it's made me want to go and look at her other stuff
1: yeah I, i'd uh, tend to agree with Definitely. that yeah it's uh it's really captivating cinema but that that air of like realism and you, like you said it makes you think it makes yourself put put yourself in those shoes and yeah like, as a as a individual as an actor and you're watching it going oh imagine that like Oh, mm. they just, But the way way it's handled, I thought it was brilliant.
0: And it's new for us because you rarely see it from the woman's point of view, the yeah. older woman's point of view as well. Exactly. That, Usually, yeah. you know, it's not unheard of to see an older guy having sex with a prostitute in a film oh. or pursuing younger women. Yeah. So when you flip it around, it's so weird. It's eye-opening. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy, I really enjoyed that aspect. That's definitely what kept me on the screen. I was like, where is this going? Yeah. Would you say that's your main uh, like about Good Luck to You, Leo Grand? Oh, many things. I love the message it speaks to. Yeah, are we doing likes? Are we in? We're in. Are on the we likes, in? Yeah, I tried to, to. I tried to do a seamless
1: segue into the likes. but that was I, real good. I handled it a bit messily. I'm no, sorry. That,
0: no, that weren't messy. That was that was good. That's why I had to ask because I thought it was if, so go, seamless. You if you want me know. to
1: go, I'll go. You go. Go with your likes.
0: Yeah. Refreshing, man. Love the message. Uh You know, be content with yourself and with your age. And just because everything's pointing itself doesn't mean the party's over. Lovely. If you think about it. And I think the ending scene, I know we're we're at the start of the episode, but I'm going to talk about the end because it speaks to my favorite. Like the fact that at the end of this film, you see Emma Thompson, Nanny McPhee, drop her pants, top, and you see her breasts, you see her stomach, you see her vagina. It's just like... Wow. At first time in my life, I've ever thought, that is brave. It is. And really eye-opening. And I just felt I felt humbled by it because I was watching it. I was thinking, do you know what? I'm 35. I don't exercise and stuff. And, and I sat there and I thought, do you know what? She's just content with herself and her age now. And it took this outing with Leo Grand and his beautiful body and penis to mm. get there. Really, yeah. really refreshing. And I was just gripped till the end. I've watched it twice. One day after. Yeah. I was... Eager to watch it again. Sometimes on second watches, I'm not into it. It's too soon. That one, I was like, I'm going to look at this again because yeah. it looks layered. It looks like I could get a bit more from it. Yeah, re- really refreshing. Love the message. Love yourself and be okay with getting old. Mm, grow like, old gracefully, right? I can't see them plastic faces anymore, man. No. No. It's like Bill Burr says: there ain't a shirt for your face. Don't <laughs> fuck with your face. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's so true, isn't
0: it? And uh, I think I'll tailgate on your
1: like because... Your your biggest like about the film is exactly the same as mine. And it's, it is how refreshing the mm. film is. Uh, everything about Good Luck to You, Leo Grand, was a breath of fresh air. Good luck. Uh, yeah. And the plot centers around a middle-aged woman who's exploring her sexual needs and desires. I haven't seen many films that look at an older lady's libido. Like you say, it, you, you've seen it time and time again with an old boy being persotted by a younger woman mm. and being enchanted by, by her youth and, and wanting to relive their, their youth and explore their sexual desires. You see it all the time, but for a woman who has never experienced mm. an orgasm, who has left this, lived this quite sheltered existence. has taboo, wasn't it? Yeah. For
0: her generation, very taboo. So she
1: feels like she's, she's had a, a mission that she hasn't completed. She feels uh, unfulfilled. And her exploring that, it was, uh, it was a real breath of fresh air, like I say. Mm. And alongside that, you see a storyline where a sex worker is painted in a positive light. And again, yeah. that for me, that felt rare as well. Often in film, it's normally you see the the, uh, sex worker from the female perspective and society looks down on them. They're called a slut, all the names under the sun. They might be abused in their line of work, go through this really treacherous landscape when they're they're working and stuff. But to have like a positive message for
0: sex workers, I thought it was really interesting. I think it should be legalised. And they're right about how with regulations and everything, it it becomes a safer industry. Mm. I'm sure the tax man wouldn't mind the extra money as well. Yeah, But I suppose where they're... The issues lie are um, a lot of people that do sell sex in, like, red-light districts and more on the street, it's feeding a drug, so they can get money for money for drugs. But Leo Grand's type of selling sex is much more... Why? I mean, why would that not be legal?
1: Well, It's it's, it's offering uh, an experience, isn't it?
0: Yeah, well, it's not so much... I mean, yeah, that part is relevant, but it's more about the legal aspect of it. Why is that illegal? Like, if someone... If it's consensual and someone's like, I'd like to pay for sex, and this person's like, I can offer you this service, you know, but the, maybe there was, like... Lots of, there was health checks, and there was regulations, and there was security and safety, and, mm. and it, yeah, it makes sense. He says it all in the film. You've just watched the yeah. film if you want to be swayed into that believability. That it's, yeah. it's not taboo, and it's a paradox that she's taught religious education. Yeah and spoke against it for years and then the thing she found she wanted cuz you can't tame lust it's like celibate priests well exactly that and it, the the film does offer an interesting
1: societal question about like for those people who are in cells so yeah. involuntary celibate for whatever reason maybe they've got crippling anxiety maybe they are they aren't physically comfortable to to try and build a connection with someone they don't have the mental capacity if there's someone out there where you can pay for their services not just mm. for the fucking penetration but to feel comfortable lead up to that be at, be vulnerable with someone else build up to that moment yeah. i think it would benefit a lot of people
0: well leo says it doesn't he? he says um one person just pays me to hold their hand and watch tv of them yeah i thought that was heartbreaking yeah. i was like that's tragic because that's more human than like you said just having an orgasm yeah. or just having sex with someone to release some stress. The fact that someone just wants their handheld to watch television. He, but when he mentions about the guy, he goes, some dude makes me dress up as a cat and ignore <laughs> him for an hour. I was dying. Yeah. Ignore him for an hour is the best part because when you think about it, cats are bitchy and they're, they're so sassy. The fact that yeah. he's like, just dress as a cat, walk around my house and ignore me. I was on the floor. I'd take that gig in a heartbeat. Of course you would. That's a great way to earn some money. But what if one day he does turn and go, meow and wants it wants wants you uh, to fuck me lift lift your artificial tail up and just ride all the way home well my fees would increase what in the in the moment you got Uh, a card with you contact i'd be
1: like oh that's going up to the next that's the executive tier you want that yeah you're gonna have to give some more money because you're not just ignoring me as a cat now you want to you want to do other things you want to yeah you want to caress that cat
0: i'd follow through with it and then i'd phone the police after i'd left yeah yeah Mm.
1: what else did you like about the
0: film Uh, Emma Thompson's instinctive acting style and her, her ability to cry at the exact moment that someone in real life would cry. Yeah. Like if you ever, you ever having a hard conversation with someone and it's probably, you know, it could be about death or just losing a job. And just as you get to the point, you know, you're going to break. She does it in acting. Mm. She gets to the point within her sentence where I would cry.
1: And it's almost effortless, isn't it? Yeah. And that's years of experience. That's being a master of your craft. Mm. That's honing those skills to being like, okay, I've got to, Dig deep within mm. to find that resource to to be emotional to to let it all out, so to speak.
0: She's always been good at it. I mean, everything I've ever seen her in her sort of reaction, acting, it's always strong. Like what she do, just the way she what she does with her eyes, her posture, the way she'll stuttle or mumble a word because she's trying to get a point across. I wrote down a little um, quote that she said in regards to her acting. She put, um, "I am an instinctive actress. I don't have technique because I never learned any." I do the cerebral bit before I start, then I just let it be. I allow whatever rises to rise naturally. You are tricking your subconscious. I work from the inside out. That's, you can see that, can't yeah. you? Yeah. And I
1: think you have to have a huge element of inner confidence to be able to to sort of just let it develop naturally. Whatever, mm. However it hits, however it strikes, she lets it take its toll. Mm. Whereas you see other actors that will, will go methods that will, do all these crazy things to get into character, you know, turn up on set and not let anyone um, talk to to them with their normal name, all that nonsense. And you've got someone on the other end of the scale here. That's like, I just let, I just let it happen. Mm. And that takes, that takes balls.
0: Ian Holm was the same. Really? Yeah. Ian McKellen said something similar when he filmed Lord of the Rings of him. He said, I've never worked with someone who does it different every take. So Ian Holm would, he'd just do a different performance each take. Mm. Same dialogue, but he'd, He'd he'd be louder, he'd be quieter, he'd be more emotional. And and I think McKellen being McKellen would be the same every single time. But going back to my like uh, with Emma Thompson, where it really hit home, brilliantly brave story where she talks about going to Greece with her mum and dad. Mm. I'm assuming by the story, I don't think she actually gives an age, but if she's going on holiday with her mum and dad to Greece, once in a lifetime holiday, I'm assuming she's maybe... 16 yeah maybe between the ages of 16 and 18 from the sorry from the way she told that story it felt like she was like she was younger cusp of womanhood didn't yeah 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 I mean I reckon between the ages 16 and 18 but she tells a wonderful story about how she says she was hot one evening and she goes out while her mum and dad are asleep and just sits in the garden and this way it's smoking and he comes over to her and without even talking he just goes in and kisses her and she talks about how he put his hand down her knickers Mm. and she said his hand was like sliding around down there and I was pushing myself into it. And then a car came by and he startled and ran off. She goes, I wish I could have stayed one more night. And I thought that was so again, refreshing Yeah, because it's obviously if you hear stories like that now, everyone naturally assumes that he should have asked for permission first. He should have sent an email letter and, there's no there's no room anymore for like uh, instinctive passion. Yeah. And I think the way that she spoke about it, I mean, obviously you're picking up on body language, so I don't think, you know, if she felt threatened by this guy, she wouldn't have Well, exactly. Wouldn't that, have been. Yeah. I think she, it was a common thing, common consensus between them two that they she felt an attraction towards him. Oh, yeah, I love the bravery of that. Even the dialogue, not every sexual interaction with a stranger is is an attack. And no. it can be it can be beautiful it can be passionate and she, I think she was trying to relive that with Leo Grant yeah
1: I think w- in terms of her story she, you know she said uh, at the end of her telling that story she said you know I wish we ha- I wish I could have stayed for one day more yeah so she's always had that air of unfinished business yeah. so there was a point in her life where she felt wanted and it was exciting and it was it was new it was fresh yeah and it wasn't uh, there was no sort of hint uh, it was a predator uh, uh, t- uh, attacking approaching a vulnerable young woman mm. it was a mutual Attraction. Yeah. They both were keen f- to do it and she never got to explore that. Yeah. And then like you say, her performance that when she tells that story, you, f- you really feel it. Oh, the
0: pace. It's, yeah. And you're like, cause doesn't he, that's when they first have sex. She just finishes the story and she's got, she's teared up. Hasn't yeah. She? So the, emo- you see her acting prior, prowess in, in act one, not mm. act one meeting one. Yeah. They call meetings. Yeah. Meet, up, yeah. meet up. one. And just as she hits the apex of her monologue, he goes in and kisses her, and it's passionate, and then it dissipates, and you—that's yeah. all you see. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. But I just was astounded by it. I think he's a, a professional, but despite
1: being a professional, he's only human. And you hear this story of an older woman that just feels shortchanged. You know, she's a she's a decent human being. She's had kids. She's I had. Her I would family. say she's decent.
0: Um, I think she's a bit.
1: Yeah, bit but of a I think bit of a I think she's a bit of a bitch because she's never had her sexual desires fulfilled. So I think she's a bit of a bitch because she's she's felt almost um bitter that she's never got to experience this. You know, she's got a, she's in a thirty year old marriage where her husband would never give her any sexual satisfaction, would never do anything for her benefit. It would be just a jump on, pump on off.
0: Well, he wouldn't even receive a blowjob because he said it was demeaning. Yeah. Which is an it's a mad um, so it's a character you never see in this film. It's he's just spoken foresight. He's he's a, a husband who's passed away. You just get a build build up of him through her talking about him, but the fact that he thinks getting a blowjob's demeaning, yeah, and or going down on hers demeaning, yeah. It's he's, like he, oh
1: man, he's obviously an idiot.
0: Yeah, she's painted out
1: to be this quite stiff upper lip, quite sort of stern taskmaster. But I do correlate that to the fact that she's just this. Pent up ball of frustration, not just because of the sex. You take the sex out of it, the fact that she's never been sexually fulfilled. She's been with a partner for 30 years who's never once entertained her thoughts and feelings and desires. Mm. So it's had to come to the point that he dies for her
0: finally to explore that. I'd say she had a part to play in that, though. I mean, she was a religious education secondary school teacher. So every day she's spouting morals and uh, what should be going on Mm. and what shouldn't be going on. So it would be hard to go home and then like what she's not juxtaposed, be diametrically opposed to what you teach at school and then get one in the mouth. It's not going to happen, yeah, is it? So I and as you see in the in the first meeting, she's she's wearing very conservative clothing. She looks a bit Hillary Clinton. And as you said, as the acts go on, she she loosens up a bit more. She start. her most attractive scene is the last one where she's got like a really nice jumper on with a with a long neck on it. Her hair's back. She just looks like you know um, she's dropped the kids off at school. Well, she's the most attractive. Yeah, scene. Yeah. for me personally, not the nighty. Nah, no. When she's having coffee and looks knackered. Brilliant. But, but that's. Uh, I think you
1: you know your point is how good Emma Thompson is, and I think it takes takes someone of of her mastery to. To look the most mm. not appealing because that would be sort of objectifying her, but more mm. most relaxed. After they are uh, going through this journey of um, sexual fulfillment when she's just at a coffee table having a coffee and she's just in a big jumper and just feeling relaxed. You've kind of I don't know about you. I felt relieved for her. Mm-hmm. I was I just was like, yeah, finally, you can let your hair down. And I say this is quite an uptight individual. When I have those moments where I feel chill, mm-hmm. they're few and far between. But when I hit those moments,
0: I'm like, this is so this must be what it's like to be a chill person. Like, I like yeah. this. It's cool. Yeah, it so, suits her. Definitely. Well, it suits her character. Mm. It's weird. You sort of go on that journey with, with her Yeah. and him. Yeah. Eye opening.
1: I'll jump on your bandwagon again, because yeah, you my will. second like is the same second like as yours. We're in so in sync, bro. It's oh, lovely. Dude. And uh, yeah, the lady herself, Emma Thompson, I think she's a brilliant actor, like you say, and she was electric in this. And I fell in love with her vulnerable yet brave portrayal as Nancy. She leaves nothing behind in this performance and her charisma and, and, beauty shines through for all to see, I thought. Mm-hmm. And both Nancy and Leo were superbly casted, well-written characters. And like you said, I think the chemistry between the two is second only to Emma Thompson's layered and committed performance. There's, I- it,
0: there's an element of Freud's... Freud going on as well isn't it like uh, it's hard not to see a correlation between a mother daughter uh, sorry a son and daughter, a mum relationship there yeah because they talk so much about the mums yes and she tries to solve issues for him and I think that's where it can, I was getting a bit like this is it. this is brilliant but that's making me feel a bit weird I think you put
1: yourself with uh, an individual who's 20, 30 years, your senior. I think by default, you go into those settings. So if you're 30 roles, years yes. seri- uh, senior, you're mm. going to be the more authoritative, more um, sort of uh, handing out life experience, advice and stuff like that. Mm. If you're the younger one, you kind of look to them like the child figure and then the adult figure i think that's kind of just how it happens
0: (laughs) didn't she say "Um, i feel like rolf harris that's a great line
1: and he had no idea who rolf harris was yeah Yeah. or
0: he knew but didn't understand the comparison because he liked kids Mm. whereas yeah there's gray areas there for sure yeah yeah brilliant but i um
1: yeah i just think she she was so good in this and i i think it would be unfair as amazing she as she was i think D- uh, Daryl McCormack deserves a lot of props as well, snook, because he was the perfect uh, counterpart to her performance. That's my third
0: like. Oh, is it? Well, yeah. continue. Well, just Daryl McCormack. He's a uh, he's going places. Yeah, um, big he, talent. He plays he plays two characters in one room for ninety eight minutes, mm. and I believed every minute of Connor and Leo. I could see the minute he wasn't Leo Grand, even if she was in the bathroom. Yeah, I could it, tell. It's like a switch, isn't it? Which ain't easy. No. like if one character's got boobs in his face and he's kissing his woman's neck and he's got to be promiscuous and he's got to be dirty and stuff and be really seductive and then the other one's the real guy who who as you can see from the start of the movie loves his coffee and his music yeah. and he's just sitting in a calf god i want to be a sex worker do you the way he sells it yeah yeah he's just classy and he? he looks such a cool dude but it's, uh, it's interesting because you, you
1: look a little deeper and you see those moments within the film where he, he paints himself as this confident, larger-than-life character that is a consummate professional. He knows what he's doing, he knows how to look for what people want and he mm-hmm. knows how to play up to that. But then there's those moments of quiet time, alone time, when you see him looking in the mirror, when mm. you see him scurrying and doing a shot of whiskey because I don't care how many times you do that, it must still be intimidating.
0: Well, yeah, you're putting on a act, yeah. Every time. And she, they make, she makes the characters make a brilliant point in it. Nancy's like, I don't mind if you have to take a pill to get hard because she doesn't see herself as someone who could get a guy hard. Yeah. And he's like, I don't need it. There's always something you can find attractive about someone, which I, I think is probably true. Do you reckon? I think so, yeah. I mean, I think you don't have to be physically attracted to someone to be attracted to their, their laugh or their personality or the things or their creativity or their talents. Like, talent can be attractive, can't it? Yeah, but without sounding crass, could you get
1: Chubb if someone was creative with a paintbrush? I think so.
0: Like I just, just, just Janice Joplin was, wasn't necessarily a good looking woman in from my point of view. But the minute she sang, I was just like, Wow. That's I think, amazing.
1: I think there's a big difference between between being aroused and attracted to a talent. So like you can appreciate a lovely voice or a, a great performance, but then it's a completely different barrel of fish to be thinking. no,
0: I've never seen Sia's face. So the Australian singer, I've never seen Sia's face. She's always got this weird haircut that goes down to her lip. She, she's purposely incognito for her career. Right. So you don't really see her face. You don't see much better. She sings. I find her attractive. Okay. And I can't see her face. Yeah. They put a face on a face. They put a face <laughs> on a face. A la doof. <laughs> a la doof. Uh, a la doof
1: from uh, Fury Road. Yeah. Do you know
0: um, Emma Thompson's the only person in history to get an Oscar for writing and for acting? Really? Yeah. What was that for? Sense and Sensibility was the writing, but she's like the only person that's got one for being best actress, best actor, and best writer. For the same film? For Oscars, yeah. Uh, no, not for the same film. Oh. Just, I think, over. I don't think she got best actress for. Uh, Sorry, best actor, it was actress then. Yeah. She's got sense and sensibility that she got best writer for it, but she starred in it. And she got Oscars for other roles. That's cool. Yeah.
1: yeah I think she certainly deserves it. Mm. And uh watching this, it's like I hope it opens up loads of new and interesting doors for her. Because I think it, it's easy for when an actor gets to, to the latter stages of their life, they can get quite typecasted. Well
0: they tend we- to start their career with performances like this, don't they? If you look at um Bronson or machinist or something, or like Boogie nights with Mark Wahlberg, they tend to start their career with the big, shocking, crazy film. Yeah. And then they get diluted down. She's gone the other way. So yeah. she's sort of done she was always huge Shakespearean um actor along with her ex husband Kenneth Branner. And then now she's doing one where she's shown shown everything. And it's yeah. like, whoa, she's gone the other way which I think is the best way to go. I, I
1: completely agree. And yeah. it, listen, it's not us just saying she's she's stripped off so she's brave. Like, there's so much more to this story than that. Yeah. It's not just, oh, Emma, T- Emma Thompson gets naked. Like, look how amazing she is. She's brave for doing that. There's a lot of women half her age that wouldn't dream of doing that for a film but in the context of the film how she puts her her character on the line and and bears Mm all both physically and metaphorically
0: is something that i think should be really highly applauded don't you think that will do wonders for people let's say people her age who have lost their husbands or or alone or have always felt you know shameful about their body imagine seeing that scene with emma thompson showing what some people would call flaws yeah and that would lift you up. It lifted me up, and yeah. I'm I'm a 35 year old dude. Yeah, I'm a guy, and it, she and she's a woman, and uh, and I was like, I feel better about myself after seeing that.
1: I completely agree. Yeah, that's it's, not a diss to Emma Thompson. No, of course. Does it sound like not. a diss? No, it's, that's a that's huge praise. Yeah. It, it's a film that where as a uh, 30 plus year old men we're not necessarily the obvious target audience but if you uh, me and you watch this and felt a sense of empowerment that talks to the film's uh, power good films a good film exactly that and I think if like you say if there's a, a middle-aged woman out there middle-aged man out there that have gone through a messy divorce or lost their partner or never never found love and they watch this film I think it could really help them it might not necessarily make them go oh you know what I'm going to go on the internet and get myself a sex worker See, I think it- would. it but even if it doesn't even if it's far lesser than that even if it t- makes them look at themselves and be like you know what i like this about me i've always been fun at a party or i've always been great at cooking a roast you there's know, always you can... something to be attracted to exactly nancy. that nancy exactly we should all listen to leo i think yeah. and uh my final like because i my first two were exactly the same as yours is just it's a simple story superbly executed I think single setting films have to work very hard to keep their audience engaged. And in the case of Good Luck to You, Leo Grand, I was gripped from the very start.
0: You know what the fuel is, though, don't you? Sex. Yeah, it sells, doesn't it's in it? In a hotel room. Yeah. So single setting. And if sex is the... If sex is on it? the menu, yeah, you're going to want to order from it. Yeah. Let's be honest. Abs- well, yeah. Well, you're going to, you want to see where it goes, don't you? Yeah. I've watched second watch. I watched it with partner. She was gripped. I was watching her watch it. Yes. And she was so intrigued about where it was going to go.
1: I did exactly the same. So I watched every film twice for this podcast, watched this one first on my own, watched it again with my partner. And there's some films that I won't even suggest mm-hmm. uh, for her to watch. We might watch a film and I'd be like, you don't want to see this film. It's crap. I don't even want to watch it again, but I have to because I'm neurotic. And for the podcast, mo mo mo. And I watched this with her and you could just feel her being really engaged. Mm-hmm. Like, And both of us sat there and for an hour and 40 minutes, just full commitment to the piece. And I just think that's a testament to, to the film. Absolutely. And whilst the film is a simple tale of a woman searching for sexual enlightenment, I thought everything about it was beautifully put together. It's charming, captivating, and courageous. And I tell you what, I enjoyed this infinitely more than I thought I would. Yeah. And this might be a character assassination on myself, but I'll be honest, when I saw this advertised, it did not appeal to me at all. I don't know if that makes me sound like a male bigot, but I saw the the sort of tagline, what it was about, and I was like, oh, do I really want to see this film about a middle-aged woman getting leery with a sex worker? Probably not. Mm. And I judge myself a little bit now, after watching it, because there's so much more to it than that.
0: Yeah, I thought it was gonna be have too many um political undertones or saying, or be a bit of a, a hate man bash film. It, Apart, just because of the cover. I just thought, oh, it like looked to me like it takes this um potentially bisexual. Homosexual guy to turn Emma Thompson's head mm. and let all other men are pigs. I thought that's what it was going to be. Yeah, just a bit. Obviously, you're right. It, that's not the case. And I, th- I think that may talk
1: to our our. Fragile male egos because I did kind of think the same. I kind of, you look at the picture and you've got Emma Thompson's face a little fed up, and then Daryl mccormick looking all charming and stunning. And it's like, oh, is this just going to be another like rom rom com where it's going to be like they're going to fall in love? And I've seen this time and time again. And she's going to hate on men, and he's going to be the like the, the different board, man. yeah, the one it's, who's not us Yeah, exactly. But it's it's so much deeper it's got so much more substance to it than that. And I, I would implore any man or anyone to to watch this film because it's it's a short film, it's an engaging film, and I think it's one that will, will make you feel a little bit better. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Is there anything
0: you didn't like about Good Luck to You, Leo Grant? Yeah, there were a couple, but the annoying thing is they sort of diluted between first and second watch. Okay. So the things I picked up on watch one... Mm. I found, obviously, I was kind of searching for them. But then by the second watch, they might have actually changed. But shall I just tell you them anyway? I think so. We'll go on instinct. Let's see what, see what you weigh in on it. So yeah. opening segment of the fourth meeting, the final meeting, I thought was the weakest. Uh, the interaction with the ex-school student played by Is- Is- Isabella Is- Laughlin. Yeah. Yep. With Nancy. And, that sort of, and it carries on when Leo it, it joins the scene. It's hard because that's the only other talking role in the film. Apart from a very, you, you get a little background chatter at the coffee shop with Leo at the very start of the movie. Yeah. But other than that, it's these two in the foreground for the whole film. I found this introduction of a third sort of support character mm. diluted the punch that this had. And I didn't know if yeah. I appreciated the light comedy that was sort of added with the introduction of a third speaking part. I do not have that change on a third watch. I enjoyed it a bit more on the second time. But the first time I thought, this is a weird interaction, like seeing, yeah. like if anything as well, it made me dislike Nancy a bit more because she was so rude to Isabella uh, yeah, who joined the scene because she said, you taught me in school. And she goes, oh, I couldn't have taught you very well. She goes, why is that? And goes, because you're working here. And I thought this woman is a dick. Yeah, I think. They go back to the, the bitch chat. Yeah,
1: I think um the inclusion of that might have been like a redemption arc because when she's on her own. She's talking to this ex-student and she's a bit catty. A you bit think you're bitchy, better than me? Like you, like you said. You think you're better than me? Who? Well, I think I'm better than you. Yeah. 100%.
0: Well, you say redemption arc. Yeah. Make me look like an idiot. Why? You okay. know what a redemption arc is? I'll get rid of it. No, I'm just going to support your point. Fuck you. <laughs> ah!
1: Anyway. Yeah, so we see her being quite catty to this uh, ex-student. And then by the end of it, when Leo comes in, she's a bit more calm. She's a bit more relaxed. And then she speaks to Becky and she's like, look, I'm sorry I was ever like that. So you, you see growth uh, of She this needed personality. an audience to be nice. Well, yeah. Yeah. okay, Yeah. You got me there. She kind of did. Yeah. She could have just been nice on her own. Think about the Mars bar, mate. Think about the Mars bar. The whole Mars bar in the context of the film was she wasn't necessarily ready to take the plunge.
0: I think she. Yeah. But I also think because she was a teacher that Mars bars were quite prolific in her class and she could hear and smell them from kids.
1: So she went to a default discipline sort of state.
0: You imagine asking teacher. someone to brush their teeth because you can smell Mars Bar. Now Mars Bar is chocolate, sweet, delicious nougat. Yeah. You can't. That's not a off-putting. It's not like he went over to the fridge, opened a can of sardines, and slurped. If he did, what a lad! Oh, I'd respected him more for that. But I think that's what the film
1: tries to do. I mean, you, listen, by no means is Emma Thompson's character Nancy a saint. She's, she's clearly quite bitter. You know, she's got the potential to be quite nasty, quite stern. And you see that the way she talks about her kids. She's not necessarily this really loving figure. I can imagine that she'd be quite difficult to love. But then when you look on a foundational level at the fact that she's never been fulfilled, she was in this loveless marriage for three decades. Mm. I think it's all taken its toll. And you're right. Like there's no smoke without fire. She's going to be some of the reason for that. She's probably really difficult to Mm. live with. I think with the inclusion of a a third character did lessen this really strong film where it was just like a, a conversation. It was just the development of a singular relationship. Mm. I think that was really strong and they threw someone in. I don't know if it was for comedic effect. It did feel a little bit unnecessary. I think I tend to agree with you. It there. didn't
0: bring much insight, further insight into Emma Thompson's character. because She already knew this about her. You knew what watched of was just through the phone call she has with her daughter and stuff. All it did is show Leo grand insight, but we, we didn't need to see it. I don't know if it works for me. I, I said it to you uh, recently that it would be a stage play. This yeah, could that, be a stage play. That is a great shout. Maybe five years from now, I do believe it will be a stage play because it has a huge message about accepting yourself and your body and it is okay for older women to look at younger men and vice versa. And uh, yeah, so I think that ends shot and they're very opening with the coffee shop, which does work, I think. Music's great as well. Oh, great. Two banging songs. Yeah, yeah. The first one and the one he dances for. Couldn't tell you what it was called, though. It's the second one, Alabama Shakes, it sounded like. I that, thought it was. Yeah. Initially, I thought it was Kings Leon. Okay. And then I heard it It sounded a bit different in the middle. I thought potentially Alabama Shakes. But yeah, without the end scene, I mean, this could almost be shot for shot. Well, not shot for shot, but a stage play. Yeah. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, because can you call it a movie? Would you go to the cinema to watch this? I personally wouldn't. I would I loved watching it in the comfort of my own home. Yeah, It's, it's certainly, a very dialogue-heavy dialogue, dialogue yeah. heavy.
1: It's certainly not a spectacle that demands to be seen on the big screen, is it? It's a very intimate story. So it's probably better seen where you're not sharing an audience. Like... (laughs) Um, Like, I don't want to, again, I don't want to sound crass, but imagine like you went to see this film with your mum or something. That would be a really tough, bloody watch.
0: No way. I feel like I did watch it with my mum. Yeah. Okay. I really do, man. Is that another, is that your second dislike? That's my third dislike. Well, tell me your second and then we'll go on to your third. Again, second one upon second watching. I timed it. I thought I'm probably just being a bit neurotic here, but um, realism issue on the third meeting. Now, it, uh, when you watch the movie, you'll notice meeting one, meeting two go very well. Mm. The start of meeting three, he's performing lingus on her. It's the very opening, she, but she does an orgasm. Then they have a bit more of a discussion. She wants to know more about him. So then she, she says, I know your name. I found out about your name. And now it all goes in nosedives. dives. He's very annoyed. She's broke privacy. He didn't want her to. Anyway, they get her, they have an argument. He leaves. Then he knocks on the door and comes back in. He's looking for his phone. He goes, don't talk to me. I just need to find my phone. Now, he can't find it. So he punches a headboard of a bed two, three times. Really quickly. One, two, three. Hmm. I think I counted, like, saying, like, six, seven seconds later, maybe ten. The phone goes. It's broad daylight, bear in mind. In a hotel, probably a well-made hotel, I'd say. Broad daylight. It's raining outside. Bang, bang, bang. Reception phoned up. Oh, we heard saying. Oh, yeah, it's my friend. He fell. And I thought, would react... If it was a constant banging over an hour, I'd understand a hotel phoning. But if you just go bang, 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 10 seconds passes in the scene, and then they phone up, oh, has something happened? Is everything okay? They're like fucking 20 floors up in a hotel. And again, who's, for the f- Who's sitting in the hotel room next door going, oh, argument. For the third time, I don't want to sound crass,
1: but in a hotel... Mm you're probably going to hear some banging. People make stinky noises in hotels. People make stinky, loud bang-bang noises, yeah. let's be honest. Yeah. And if you heard, like, three bangs, I'd be like, oh, it's a three-pump wonder, and I'd feel sorry for the for the people yeah. in that room. But I don't think yeah. I'd phone up and be like, um, I heard three-pounding on the headboard. Can it was you? how quick it came as
0: well. I just thought, would it come that quick? Would the phone call from reception come that quick? Ambulance don't come for an hour and a half. Oh, Not in this film, just in real life, NHS, yeah. rock and roll.
1: Oh, you went there? Yeah. I guess that's quite a minor dislike. Yeah.
0: Which is it was, good. It it speaks to a, a film of play, quality. Yeah, to me, that was very stage it, play though. To me that was stage play. Because like in a stage play, offset offset sounds to keep the scene going or to instigate a movement within the scene. I think that's a, a genuinely great shout
1: that this being a stage play. And I think it would sweep up. I it think will people be. would would go to see it. And I could see like Whoever the, the lead female actor is, I can see them being really brave and exposing all to the audience at the end. And everyone would be like, wow, what a brave, what a brave performance. I think
0: it very Shirley Valentine. I don't know what you said. <laughs> the British film. Oh, right. British film about a woman who essentially it's I'd say it's the prequel to this. Okay. Because it's about a woman who's in a dead end, marriage. She doesn't feel loved. She feels underappreciated. And she goes to Greece, but in the latter part of her life and has an affair with a Greek man. And that sort of helps her go back to her other life. She sort of got it out the way. Okay. So they're similar. Oh, cool. It was a family favorite in my house, but not as revealing. And no, there's no mention of words like blow mm-hmm. blowjob or 69er. Yeah. It's more subtle. This is a much better film, in my opinion. Yeah. Sorry, mum. Oh, God. Well, talking of your mum,
1: what's the third thing you didn't like about it?
0: Look, I (laughs) kept imagining Emma Thompson was my mum. (laughs) I had to... Dude, similar age and stuff. And it's about a woman of that generation wanting to go get some. And I was just like, oh, I just... I keep imagining it's my mum. Uh, It's what? There's nothing wrong with that.
1: No. It makes... My first dislike, a bit troubling. What's your first dislike? Not that you got well, aroused. Fir- well, first, it's worth saying that your mum and Emma Thompson don't look alike. So that's
0: no. Well, it's just the age. What? Well, uh, white English light eyes. That that's about it. Okay. But it's not that. It's it's the yeah. It's the age. Well, I don't want to make my first point. No, yet. but if you can make any relations or <laughs> comparisons <laughs> of stuff, it's usually where you can put yourself in someone else's shoes. All I was doing was putting my mum in Emma Thompson's shoes. I wasn't behind a curtain tugging. I'm saying that <laughs> if I, if the only one I could relate to, inst- I'd be like, that's kind of like if my mum, like, if her husband died, dad. <laughs> <laughs> Aka <laughs> <A>. dad, dad. <laughs> uh, that imagine she pursued that, like because we it's obviously if it's a do, if I had said to you right this is a perfect example I if I said to you that's weird I kind of like imagined that's what my dad would do like if he lost his wife I'd feel like he'd like go and look for sex workers we wouldn't be half as bothered you that's wouldn't true, if, yeah. you wouldn't have focused on it as much because I said it reminds me of my mum yeah. all you're thinking is Freud sorry mum if you listen. <laughs> <laughs> but hell? yeah, it's very easy to just to, to supplant her. Your, your mum's a similar age. Right
1: now, I definitely can't say my first dislike. Please. I'm
0: go- it. It's going to make me look very. Don't do that. And problematic. The, don't do that to the listeners, man. Come on. All right. We're pros. This
1: is a dislike. All right. So let me get to the end of it. All right. This is very oh, difficult shit. to follow up after you saying. Okay. It was like watching my mum get grounded by Leo. No,
0: but I meant even the scenes where she's just talking. I'm not talking about all the the, the sticking I'm just going to
1: plaster I'm just going to rip it off like a plaster then. Emma Thompson's character of Nancy exposed an older woman kink that I never knew I had. Oh, see I went the opposite way of you. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with finding older finding older ladies attractive. I'm not saying that at all. Mm. But I was not expecting to, fin- the, to finish the to finish this one. To finish. With <laughs> a crush on a woman that is old enough to be my mum. And did you? No, I did not. But I'm just saying, I think it's a good... It's a dislike because I didn't think I'd come out of it going, oh, I quite fancy Emma Thompson. I think it's, 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 it speaks to the power of the film where you can see uh, beauty and, and attraction in a woman that's 30 years my senior. It's
0: great. It doesn't mean you fancy my mum. I'm so, I'm, I was saying, don't worry, let's move past what I said. I do fancy your mum. Thanks. Um, the second thing I disliked about
1: it was uh, quite, it was like forced peril. So I was fully engaged in the story and was enjoying watching Nancy relax more and more each time she met up with Leo. I could have happily just watched the the relationship between the characters grow until Nancy found her climax. But the inevitable conflict between the two felt like it was kind of like crowbarred in. It was a minor dislike. I just wanted more time with these two in the bedroom, I guess.
0: I I don't. Yeah, I agree with you. I think they could have come to their revelations and their past without it being an argument
1: yeah it I could mean, have happened
0: naturally we've
1: we've seen enough films to know that it can't just be a happy happy joy joy for the whole film there's got a it's got a dip there's got to be peril there's got to be trouble within the storyline it did just feel like everything was really positive and he was helping her unlock this this sense of exciting adventure that she'd been lacking for decades this was all good and then out of nowhere she decided to go and google his real name and then it got
0: caused a huge argument and stuff and i was like that felt forced i think she had like she had touched on it a few times prior to that not just name but like where where do they think you work oh i work on an oil rig and stuff she just couldn't help but want to know the other stuff hmm. and he did rebuke her a few times I found a few times he was like he'd move the, move it on she's like oh well I, I grew up under a mushroom yeah and stuff. so he I think she was looking for that you're right she was poking she was poking the bear but I don't I agree with you I don't think they needed to have like a falling out like they're a couple no and I am so relieved It didn't end with them having a relationship. I'm so happy it actually was a matter of transaction. Yeah. If it got to the end and they ran off into the sunset,
1: I'd be like, what? No, you've ruined what was a really heartfelt, sentimental, really Mm. like realistic film. I mean, I I, I was thinking about this and I was like, well, the film had to have a perilous path. It had to go somewhere where it wasn't just everything's great. I thought maybe... Herpes. If the... What? That'd be a curveball, wouldn't it? Well... That's peril. Yeah, that's nasty peril. I wasn't going to go there. Okay. What I thought it could have been good. Is that he maybe started getting frustrated that he sees couldn't himself an as orgasm. this pro, uh, this professional that couldn't give her an orgasm? Mm. So that could have been where it got eggy. He got a bit shitty because he's like, "I'm fucking Leo Grant. I give everyone orgasms. I've got a hundred percent success yeah. satis- satisfaction yeah. success rate. Like I can get you there." And maybe that was that could have been the peril. I don't know. It just there's something about how they fell out within the film. It didn't really work. It kind of took took me away, kind of like what happened with you with that th- inclusion of a third character. Mm. I was so invested. I was so engaged. Yes. And it kind of took me out. It made me step out of that room.
0: Well, you're right, because the goal, I suppose, in the achievement was her having an orgasm. Mm. And you're right. It may be the frustration of him not getting there. That could have been interesting. I don't know now, actually. Well, I don't know. But then he's su- yeah.
1: he's such a, a like this, this sort of uh, considerate, Cool dude, isn't he? Confident. Yeah, and I don't think it would. It wouldn't have made sense to his character to lose it over that. So I guess I know I've moaned about it, but I guess I couldn't see any other way. It would have yeah, worked better. Yeah. To be fair.
0: Yeah, you got to look. You got to find little things in there. It's because this film. It doesn't. It doesn't have a huge risk. There's not a huge risk in this film because it doesn't really leave four walls. So it's all down to the talent, of the actors, and the dialogue, and the direction. Obviously, it had its ideal surroundings for it to uh, not disappoint. Mm. I mean, if it became, you know, if there's car chases or transitions or they go to France and Paris, got, it <laughs> then, then you film. yeah, well, and that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. Then there is more to critique. Yes. But if Emma Thompson hasn't let you down, Darren McCormack hasn't let you down. Yeah. You're going to enjoy this film. Yeah.
1: And the director, Sophie Hyde, hasn't let you down. Mm. It's well written, well acted, well executed. Yeah. I guess we are nitpicking. Yeah. Because we have to. Yeah. I've got some questions. mm which significantly older film style would you like to spend the night with? How significantly older? Well, I mean, Emma Thompson's 63. 63. So someone 30, 30 years your senior, maybe?
0: How old's Monica Bellucci?
1: Uh, not, I think she's got to be in her 50s. Is
0: that old enough? No. Um, a bit
1: older, I'd say.
0: Do you have an answer so I can think?
1: i got a couple of ideas. Yeah, go. Uh, Emma Thompson, because of this film. Um, not for me. And Jennifer Coolidge from White Lotus.
0: I love Jennifer Coolidge, <laughs> yeah, I but ju- I don't know if I could do that. I think it would be a
1: whirlwind of a journey.
0: Can I just go with, is it Gail Platt from Coronation Street? Is it Platt? That's not- <laughs> David Platt's mum. Yeah. I'll just go with her. Yeah? I didn't, yeah. Okay
1: it's a tricky question but I thought it was relevant for the film I don't even know her name Gail Platt
0: Heavy Gail oh it's a tough one man I don't know it's weird that one came out isn't it yeah Gail Platt I think that don't even watch Corrie yeah but she's
1: done enough to keep in your memory mate so yeah okay interesting interesting answer that one (laughs) i look at some of the nominees for best actress in a leading role for this year's oscars and i am a little disappointed emma thompson didn't get a nod for her performance in good luck to you leo grant yeah do you think she deserved a nomination for this one what for best actor best actress best actress in a leading role yeah
0: well yeah evangela i mean is you talk about oscars now yes evangela bassett can get nominated for one for black panther this should definitely be in there. Yeah. And Michelle Yeoh for everything everywhere all at once. Oh, which is I mean, yeah, physically it's that's kind of a cool performance from Yeoh, but emotionally it wasn't anything, not for me. No. I, d- I mean, I don't I didn't look at her performance and blown away by it, but as we were saying earlier about Emma Thompson, you know, her her instinctive acting and the performance and the what this film talks to in the message, it's much it's a, for me is a much more traditional Oscar winning film. Yeah. Call me a traditionalist.
1: I think so. I think she. Th- this film it asks Emma Thompson to to bear all Huge. in every sense mm-hmm. of the words. Uh, asks her to be uh, vulnerable and passionate with a considerably considerably younger actor. Yeah, asks her to to portray this this uptight yet vulnerable woman, and asking her to to find peace within herself to, to be free to allow herself to explore her her own body and mm. her own uh, wants and desires I think that's huge yeah and to after watching this I was like how has she not got a nod for this
0: what I, is going do you on? know what I think they look and they think she's already had one and the way the the Oscars are so surrounded now with um racial issues and and sex issues it's just, you know, they probably just looked and thought, Emma Thompson's got Oscars. Like I said earlier, the only person ever to get an Oscar for writer and actor. Mm. And actor. You know, she was married to Kenneth Branner. Yeah. And that he cheated on her with Helen Bonham Carter. What? Yeah. When she, she was with Tim Burton? I don't know if, if Bonham Carter was with Tim Burton at the time.
1: Did I just make it into like a soap storyline? Kind of was. Just made it drama. Gail Platt. but
0: Let it go. Yeah. But yeah, I I found that astounding. I thought, I wonder if she ever like um, reached into that for her performance in Love Actually. When she does that brilliant scene with Alan Rickman where she's listening to Joni Mitchells from Mm. both sides now. That song cuts me in two. It's just that way she can bring them tears to the forefront. She acts so real. I think it's just... She must be pulling from a well of real experience. Like that's so close to home, right? I was shocked when I read that about Kenneth Branagh. He was my Henry V...
1: Yeah. And I just thought, oh, man. What a wanker.
0: We all human, innit? We are all human
1: in, in it. In it. Yeah, that's true, man. What would you rate Good Luck to You, Leo Grand? 7.5 out
0: of 10. Oh, hello. That's decent, innit? I think so, yeah. Yeah. There's only a couple of little things I would have done different. Like I said, I probably wouldn't have introduced the third character. I would have tried to make it a little less like a stage play. There's a couple of moments in it where you feel like the direct... Uh, what's her name? What's her name? Sophie Hyde. Sophie Hyde. There's yeah. a couple of uh, moments in it where Sophie Hyde's... Uh, I feel like she's potentially directed stage plays before. Mm-hmm. I did hear something really interesting about her, actually. In 2005, she did. A, she got funding to make a film about women's toilets. Full stop. Did she do it? I think so. I couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah. But it was 2005, so it was very young in her career. She hadn't actually done a motion picture or a movie. But yeah, I thought, wow, I got funding to do a film on a woman's toilet... Women's toilets. And I thought, I'd watch that movie. Because after but, watching Neo Graham being a single setting, imagine a whole film set in a woman's toilets in a club at night. There would be scandal there. Imagine the characters look coming in and out of the toilet Jesus. and stuff. The drug use, someone throwing up, someone ODing. Yeah. Um, girls kissing. It'd be a rock rolling ride. It'd be like a Prodigy music video. What would you call it? Put the lid down. No, put, the, put down the toilet seat. No. Uh, <laughs> flush twice.
1: Flush twice?
0: Nah. Ladies? Um,
1: like you see on the toilets? Ladies. ladies.
0: Nah, too controversial now. Reckon? Yeah, because you can't just put ladies because now it would exclude so many people, wouldn't it? So you could just put, um, we should just move part. I mean, toilet times.
1: Toilet times. Let's just say toilet times. Toilet times, solid name. Yeah, pleases everyone, toilet times. Solid. So I, uh, I gave um, good luck to you, Leo Grand, exactly the same score. So in sync today. It's just you're right. There's not an awful lot to dislike about it, but it's it's not a perfect film. It's a, it was infinitely more enjoyable than I thought it was. So it's definitely a positive experience for it. And like I said earlier, I I would implore anyone to go and give it a go because I think it's a it's a hidden gem. It's not very long. It's it's got two great central performances. It's well handled. Mm-hmm. It's it's f- uh, food for the brain. It's it's well executed. Everything about it, it's really good. So I think that's uh, representative in our score. That gives Good Luck to You, Leo Grand, a total score of 15 out of 20. If you like your films to be brave, bold and set in a bedroom, or if you have ever wanted to spend an hour and 40 minutes in a room with Emma Thompson and a strapping man, then Good Luck, Leo Grand could be a film for you. Consider watching this one if you enjoyed The 40-Year-Old Virgin, Portrait of a Lady on Fire and Hello, My Name is Doris. Should we play a game? Yeah. The game in question is What the Plot, where the rules are simple and the results quite the opposite. Harry will conceive an original idea from his big and beautiful brain and give birth to a plot. It is then down to me to nurture this thought by providing a film title, genre, cast and anything else I can think of to raise this brainchild into a fully functioning film concept. Over to you, Harry.
0: What's Hello, My Name's Doris? I've
1: got to be honest, man. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I so whenever I do that part of the podcast, I write it all down just to pull, uh, to show behind everyone behind the curtain, and the films that I thought were quite similar was Forty Year Old Virgin for obvious reasons, and Portrait of a Lady on Fire about a, a, a woman exploring her sexual desires. I couldn't think of a third one, so I just Googled films that are like, good luck to you, Leo Grant, and this is the one that seemed most relevant. Dor- I've not heard of it. I know Sally Field's in it. Can I read it? Yeah.
0: Doris Miller is a shy, eccentric 60-something woman living alone following the death of her mother with whom, for whom she has lived for her whole life. At the funeral, her brother Todd and his wife Cynthia tried to persuade her to sell the house, especially the possessions she has hoarded over decades. Doris had been caring for her mother for years and thereby neglecting her own social life and desires. Yeah, Sounds similar repression. Yeah, yeah. That that cracked me. Up. I thought you were joking when you said that. <laughs> I
1: just thought I threw in a, a random hello. My name is Doris.
0: I thought I can't laugh because he's 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 halfway
1: through his bit. I don't need to do my bit again, do I? Nah. Right. Give me your uh. Give me your what
0: the plot? Okay. Destitute, hardworking single mum. Uh, she she's go, she's attending the doctor. She's going to the doctor's to talk about her seven-year-old son, who she thinks is experiencing mental issues due to the loss of his dad. She explains to the doctor that every morning her son wakes up, he tells her over breakfast that he has another family, another home and another dad somewhere very far from here. What? Yeah. Every morning he wakes up, she goes, oh, mummy, I have another dad. I have another house. It's got four bedrooms. It's uh, we, we live near the sea and stuff. So she thinks it's him acting up because of the dad's passing away recently. The boy's only about seven years old. And uh, so she starts to go to the doctor. She honestly thinks there's something wrong with the kid. Starts getting loads of tests and everything starts to get, it really affect her home life because she's worried about him. She's trying to keep two jobs going. Anyway, it gets to the point where um, he, he becomes so detailed in his descriptions that she actually one night with a glass of wine looks into it. She she, she looks at the town that he says or the, the, the name of the house or the road that he lives down in this other place, this other family, other world. And she starts to actually find correlation between what he's saying and this real place looks a good 500 miles away on an island like, say, off of Scotland. Irrelevant. You could set this film anyway. Okay. And so then she she says, do you want to go on a trip to the boy? And he goes, yes, yeah. mummy, and stuff. And they go there, and it's everything he said word for word about this other family, this other place that he lived. He lived a whole other life. Everything she can find there is real. The names. He goes, I, he knew 12 or 15 residents from these names from years before. And he could literally tell you everything. He goes, if we'd go down this lane, turn the left, there's a church and stuff. He's seven years old, shows her this whole place. And she realizes he's lived in another time. He is an- he he had another dad, another mum. But at first she Whoa. thought she thought it was she literally just thought he was acting up because his dad had died. Wow. It's it's sort of like being born again, isn't it? Yeah. Or like um what's the word? Reincarnated.
1: So it's it's not he's um, saying that he's experiencing another life exactly the same time. He's kind of like looking into the past of a life he's already lived. Yeah. I mean, it could and just it, be is there like Is there like documents and stuff to support that he existed in this time like could she do enough research yeah. and papal trail to see that yeah. her he's experience that he said he's live isn't like a fantasy isn't like a delusion that's being sort of built out of grief and stuff well, I imagine actually 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 happened
0: yeah i imagine they're driving and she goes oh really well what's the name of the road you live down near be like Chertsey close yeah. She's like, oh, okay. And who's the postman? Mr. Mister Bailey. Mr. Bailey. And then when she has that drink one night because she's stressed, she's worried her son's getting ADHD or something wrong with him or he's getting ill. When she actually looks in, she types in Bailey, Chertsey Close, an island God. pops up 500 miles away. And she's like, that's weird. And then she thought probability-wise, there probably is a place where there's a Bailey and a Chertsey Road. And then there's more, more occurrences yeah. Even more, and then when she actually finally got maybe that end segment of the film where she goes there with her son, she just breaks down in tears because what she thought was him acting up over her dad, her husband passing away. The boy's like, If you knock on that door, the woman behind that door is called uh, Dorothy Pretlove. She knocks on the door, she's like, Is your name Dorothy Pretlove? Yes, tears. Oh, she looks at her son holds him I'm so sorry I didn't believe you so does the
1: son have um, memories of a full life so did he whole life so he, he he can remember the childhood but can also like know what will happen in the future so he's got like an adult memory in his head or does he just remember his no he can only remember
0: that person's future he wouldn't remember his his future wait is that the same thing that's some Nolan stuff right there dude. yeah it's got a bit weird isn't it it ain't weird I don't think, I suppose you don't have to think beyond. I think he's re- recalling it as he lives. So if he's seven, he's only recalling it up to seven from his other one. Yeah. I think as he gets to 80 in, his, in the life we see, he also knows what happened to him when he was 80 in the, the life he had 200 years before or the life he had 500 miles away.
1: How would you feel about inclusion of peril?
0: I appreciate you asking. Thank you.
1: So he could maybe... He knows that, um, oh, this is where this person lives. This is where I... I uh, my dad was here. Murder. D- did this and stuff like that. And in that other alternate, maybe his dad didn't die of illness or something. Maybe the son killed his dad or something. And oh, it's, like a, like it's like... It's this really twisty, thriller stuff. Like the kid knows stuff, but maybe what he knows is sinister.
0: Yeah. I'd like it if... um. Whatever the kid's gift is, it leads him to solving something or it leads the mum to solving something. Okay. Or maybe these families are related and they just didn't know. I don't know. Yeah, You could go many places of it. I imagined it was more a revelation that the mum didn't believe her son she was really upset that he was different to other kids and she didn't have much of a bond with him. And then the realisation that he was telling the truth the whole time, that guilt just takes her over. She she loves him. Mm. It wasn't ever going to... It was kind of open-ended. I don't think I could imagine it having a solid plot. It's more about an emotional experience, I suppose.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, that's a lot to work with and I appreciate that.
1: Oh, I appreciate um, you. Oh, I appreciate I, you, man. We're really nice today, aren't we? <laughs> um, so, yeah. I I can only see this going one way, personally. So just to recap, it's about this destitute, hard-working mum. She goes to the doctors because she's worried about her son. Uh, Her son wakes up every morning and says that the that he's got another life yeah. he know, he knows the another location knows other people it's okay, he's got mom, he's got, got, got memories. another dad. yeah he's it's okay mum Dad's dad's not here in this life but he is in the other one and she's yeah. like what are you talking about yes. she thinks it's trauma she thinks he's all messed up because of the loss of her dad which is completely understandable so we know that the dad's passed away the mum gets more and more worried about it because he's not letting it go. She start at the start. She thinks it's just a phase, and he'll get over it as he's got more time with the grief um, and starts to to sort of heal and stuff. But it's only getting worse. So this worried mum, the the son gets so detailed with what she's saying. The mum decides to look into it, digs a little deeper, and she realizes that the stuff he's saying has happened. So, Your shorthand's brilliant. Well, thank oh, you. How did you get all that down? I'm expanding on it. A Even lot. I forgot. Yeah, I'm adding stuff that may not be in there. I'm no, not gonna no that's, lie. Good. that's good. So she she then realises through going looking on the internet etc that what. The little boy saying there's some truth to it. Mm. Names, places, uh, communal events that's happened where he's saying there's an element of truth in everything that he says. So she starts to get even more worried and she realises that everything is true down to the names, remembers everything. Whatever's gone on in that town within no his family. Yeah. So I, I can see this film being handled by only one man and that's M. Night. Shyamalan. I really apologise if I've got that. Shyamalan. Name. Shyamalan, yeah, I can never get his bloody name right. Yeah. But for me it look it feels like there's a big twist in there somewhere. I yeah. don't know what that twist is. I don't know how the film pans out, but that's not our job. We just... Well, no, but he's
0: not always about shock and twist. There's Sometimes there's just a nicer element to his films, isn't there? Yeah, I think
1: uh, it's an interesting look at what um, grief can do. I think it's an interesting look at the reincarnation theory that there's the possibility that, that we've all lived many different lives. There's all of that... Not everything's explainable. Exactly, yeah. So how it concludes and stuff, I don't know, but I could see it being a really interesting There's cases interesting of this as well. From, I've, yeah.
0: I've, I've heard lots of times people talk about how they've lived in other lives and other bodies, and they can give really good circumstantial evidence, but they can yeah. still give really believable evidence. Yeah, and I guess it could be a deja vu, coincidence,
1: all of that sort of stuff gets yeah. brought into it. But it's about a, a, a guy that's maybe... A, a young lad that's been reincarnated and, and has experienced another life. So I think that's a really fascinating story.
0: Do you want to change his age? Because we don't know any seven year old actors.
1: I just wouldn't cast.
0: No, it doesn't matter. Does it? Yeah. It'd just be a talent. Cause he does need to be young yeah, for it to be concerning. Yeah. And maybe
1: he's got a really wise head on his shoulder. Maybe he's the person that's speaking of his past experiences. Maybe the kid's seven years age, but the person that is speaking mm. through him, so to speak, may be a young man. It may be an older man. We don't oh, know. Made me look beyond it. Yeah. Scared. So yeah, I definitely see M Knight. I'm just going to call him M Knight because I don't like trying to say his surname. I definitely see Sam him Malone. at the. Yep, him. I definitely see him at the helm. I think the mum, uh, Zoe Saldana. From uh, Avatar, Guardians of the Galaxy, I saw her in a film um, recently called I Kill Kill Giants, where she played like a counsellor, and she showed me that she can do these really sort of smaller, more toned-down films because obviously Avatar and Guardians is a huge spectacle, but and Trek, she's Star Trek. Yeah, she's been in some huge, huge franchise yeah. blockbusters, but I'd and like she's to a see her, yeah i'd l- I'd like to see her in a more sort of calm and considerate role. So yeah, uh, starring Zoe Saldana directed by m. m Night
0: Shyamalan sorry shyamalan. i thought you wanted me to name the film then
1: <laughs> i can't ever say his name sorry sardana m night Shy- shyamalan shyamalan and i would just call the film other <laughs>
0: Don't worry, Mommy. Daddy's alive in the other world.
1: (sighs) Not this again. Daddy has gone to heaven, honey. We've been through this.
0: No, he lives on the farm with Pop-Pop, Gerald, and Priscilla. You just didn't remember.
1: There's nothing to remember, honey.
0: Just because you don't remember doesn't mean it didn't happen. I'll show you, Mommy.
1: You're scaring me, honey.
0: Wait! You have so much more to come.
1: From director M. Night Shyamalan, starring Zoe Saldana and a talented kid. Other coming soon, or has it already been?